to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome back to Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wigand and with me today is no one here as Logan is celebrating Thanksgiving and some birthdays, I believe, with family while I am here ready to talk all about that USA England match that just wrapped up about, ooh, I don't know, 10 minutes ago. If you're listening to this uh, recorded, you know, thanks for listening. If you're joining us live, thanks for joining live here as we're going to talk all about that. Uh, I guess, I guess first, let me just show on my screen here the current World Cup standings for our group so our group currently is england in first with four points iran in second with three usa in third with two wales in last with one point that point coming against the draw with the united states of america so look uh, i i think we have to talk about the result that happened this morning first and that was iran beating wales uh, 2-0 in stoppage time, that severely changed the outlook of the group. It has effectively eliminated Wales from contention. Wales can still get through. If they beat England, they can still get through. But at this point, it won't affect the United States of America. If the U.S. just win their game, they'll have more points than Wales and England, and they'll go through. But I think it's kind of changed the perspective after we saw England beat this Iran team 6-2. to two, A lot of people were thinking the U.S. should be able to stop them. Then this Iran team just played so well against Wales, and it made us feel worse about the Wales draw. It makes us feel more nervous, I think, for the Iran game on Tuesday. And I cannot wait for that game. At this point, that game was already what meant more to us than this England game. The England game became more of a, well, if you can get a win, get a win, right? Um, or if you can make some noise, make some noise. But uh, I think I predicted a draw last game, but I think at last episode, but I think I said like a 2-2 draw or 1-1. I thought it was going to have some goals. Uh, but but uh, I think England didn't have in half except for that Rashford shot near the end, if I'm remembering right. 
And apparently this is also the first scoreless draw that the U.S. has played at a World Cup. That's that's something that's incredible, that we've never had a scoreless draw before this. And I think they said it's also the first time we've held a European team goalless at a World Cup. So again, just pretty pretty interesting stats as we kind of settle into you know what is what has happened in this game and I, I think this is a game that makes you incredibly proud of this team this young team and I had seen a lot of predictions from English fans before the game saying you know 3-1 England 3-0 England 4-0 England and for us to be able to hold that down shut them down they didn't look particularly good at all for a team that only needed a win to ensure that they're guaranteed to go through with six points. Now they have to leave it to the last game as well, because uh, I guess technically, technically they're not eliminated. Wales is not technically eliminated and Wales can beat them and have a higher goal differential of them. But from what we've seen of this Wales team, probably not going to happen. So I don't think anybody's really worried about that in England, but you know, I, I'd seen a lot of hubris before this game, as we usually do, and and the USA is still undefeated against England at the World Cup 1915, 2010, and today. So uh, just a meaningless stat that feels good, I think. <laughs> uh, makes you feel good about yourselves or, or the team. But yeah, so this was a this was a fun game. So I spent half of the game at our like a restaurant watching it with other. U.S. fans, and it was it was pretty great to just kind of be around that atmosphere of other U.S. fans cheering the team on at, at the at the restaurant. And then we switched, you know, I switched to the second half. I was like, oh, I need to get home. It's only a 10-minute drive, so I used half time to get back home, sit down, and and be able to focus focus my energy. Uh, not being in public <laughs> and being able to kind of live or die by each pass a little bit more at home. So uh, just two unique experiences for me throughout the match. And uh, th- this was just an incredible game. I-, I think there are some issues that we still have to work out. I- at first I thought Pulisic still being on corners was bad. He Then he started getting some better passes in and I was starting to think, all right, now we actually just need somebody up there to like make a move and hit one in. And it seems like it took a while for them to adapt of trying to get Harry, uh, Harry Maguire out of the way. He was like constantly being an, uh, a nemesis in the box, heading stuff away, getting to the ball first on some of these corners that, uh, and the fact that we had like what, seven, eight corners, something like that. At one point, I don't, I can look up the stats, I guess. I don't have that in front of me off the top of my head, but just something that was, uh, it felt like we were more fluid in this game. We had some really good passes, some really good buildup. We ended up with 10 shots to England's eight. We had a better XG. Um, We had less passes, less accurate passes, I mean. We committed more fouls. We had seven corners to the three for England, and the possession ended up 55% for England, 45% 45% for the USA. And uh, just something that was, uh, the scary thing was at the end, Harry Kane's header was a little scary there. But other than that, I felt like we did pretty good. And uh, I I think 
where we struggled the most again is something that we've talked about all the way since qualifying and before that is scoring goals. Who's going to be the striker? I, I didn't think Haji Wright gave us much at all this game. And when Sargent came in, I felt like it was a little too little too late uh, bringing him in that late. He didn't get that many opportunities. And sometimes he was having to go out wide to, to pick up the ball. So that is one area that I would love to see improved. And I just don't know if we have that player on this team. You know, somebody that's going to go in there and score goals. So that was something that we were kind of struggling with as expected. I mean, really, it feels like I, I think I've seen some people be negative about it, but it feels like we could have we could have stole a win here. Um, we, we felt like the better team for a good chunk of that game. Just especially the second half, we, this is like the most complete we've seen this team play in quite some time. A lot of the times this team is good in the first half, terrible in the second, terrible in the second, uh, first half, good in the second and vice versa. You know, we usually flip flop on, on what half is our strongest half. And I felt like we had a really good half on both halves of this game, which is something that instills me with a lot more confidence going into this Iran game. I think Burhalter may have waited too long for substitutions. Sometimes I think people and coaches kind of get to the point of maybe I don't want to make a change that might negatively impact the momentum we're having right now. But then I also sometimes see that, you know, it was getting, by the time we got Aronson, our first sub, and it was the 75th minute. And then we had to make more on like the 80, 82nd minute. And it didn't give enough time for them to really get into the game. Otherwise, the defense shut down England pretty darn well. I thought they played a hell of a game. Tim Ream looked really great. Matt Turner looked really great. I think there is a huge drop-off when Dest left and Shaq Moore came in. I felt like Moore was trying to press a little too much, trying to force some passes. I think Zimmerman tried to force a few passes that end up being intercepted and causing some problems. Uh, but Zimmerman also had that huge save on Harry Kane in the first 10 minutes that, you know, uh, that, that really said they're just replaying it right now on, on the TV while I'm recording, but it was a huge save for Zimmerman in that, in those first nine, 10 minutes. And then uh, just sometimes the, the decision-making on the passing was a little rough, but all in all, a much better experience, a much better viewing experience, right? This was more like the first half against, Wales than it was the second half against Wales. And that's th the biggest part that we were looking for is more connectivity. I, I felt like some of the passes were really working better. Some of the wiggling out of bad situations, some of these turns to get out of jams were really good by players like, like Weston McKenney and all those players that had yellow cards, McKenney rain, uh, not rain. I'm sorry. McKenney uh, Dest Ream, and uh, I forget who else has one, but they they were not subbed in until later. But we had three players that had yellow cards that had to be careful, and they were all very careful. They, they still made the challenges they had to make, but they didn't make any stupid ones. And we escaped and were able to get those players off the field, save them for Iran, and make sure they don't get a yellow card that that gets them a suspension. So I felt like that was... Uh, really good by those players. I, I felt like the game plan for this was very good. The defense was structured, 
We all usually kept our shape. We didn't get caught out much. And if they did, players like Tyler Adams going back into that box when Anthony Robinson was caught forward and Tyler Adams making that slide tackle in his box in the second half was magical. Tyler Adams is, again, one of the best players on this team that I feel like is a little underrated by a lot of people. And I'm hoping with all these eyes on him at the World Cup, he's going to start getting his due a little bit more. I know Leeds fans love Tyler Adams a lot. Um, so what does this do for us going forward? Well, we have we have Iran on Tuesday. And thank God I took off of work for the second half of the day. So I can actually watch that game because it's going to be a stressful game. And, and I said, I think going into this tournament, and I may have even said something on when we did the draw. I didn't like the idea of having to go in a must win against Iran. Iran can get through with just a draw. So Iran's going to probably sit back. I would assume Iran's going to sit back because they can escape with the draw. And then we're going to have the issue of having to score a goal and, and break that low block. And that is the thing that's been the, been the issue we have one goal in this world cup so far and it was that timothy way a goal in the first half against wales three consecutive halves without a goal and you're going into a game where you must score at least one and not give up a goal and more reasonably you want to score two i would think against iran so that's going to be the issue. Who's going to score that goal? What's the squad rotation going to look like for the Iran game? Look, I think the fact that he didn't rotate that much for this game, I don't think we're rotating much for the next game. Weston looked a lot better this game than the first game against Wales. So I'm I'm starting to think that he's getting more into fitness and he'll be good to go. I think Dest was pretty good today. So I'm assuming maybe you see Haji Wright come out and you have Sargent or Jesus Ferreira go in against Iran. Is what I'm thinking. Uh, and maybe Iran a start if he's if they think he can go 60, 70 minutes. But Greg doesn't usually rotate that heavily, and we haven't seen that in this World Cup. We had one change going into today's game. And that's kind of where I'm thinking we're leaning for for Tuesday. They have Saturday and Sunday, Monday as rest days. I'm sure there'll be some training, but no full games. They'll have three days of rest, just like they did after the Wales game. And we'll be going into a super huge game against Iran. Uh, the biggest game. This might be the most watched game, I would think, right? And, and the one that grabs the headlines, because it's England... Because it's on Black Friday and people are off of work, this might be a game that gets a lot of views and a lot of talk. That Iran game, already before we kicked off this game, is the most important game of the World Cup. And I know people say, you know, uh, if you can't beat them, you don't deserve it. I don't care about deserving <laughs> in, this, in this World Cup. I would have taken the nil-nil draw for Wales and Iran and setting us up for three straight draws to get out. Like, I don't care about needing to deserve it. I just want, you know, we only have so many limited World Cups in our life because they're every four years. I just want to see this team get through. And now the path is clear. You didn't lose against England. You haven't lost yet. 
you can conceivably get bounced out without losing a game. But you know you need to win against Iran. You know you need to get three points to move on. I've seen some people say, well, a draw will get us through. Let's revisit that table. Iran has three after beating Wales. The USA has two. If they each get a point, the USA goes to three, Iran goes to four, and Iran's through. Because England already has four, Iran would have four, and if Wales beats England, they would have four. We would end up bottom in that scenario. If Wales wins and Iran wins. So you know, uh, or Iran draw. So you know you need the three points. You need to go out and get it. How are they going to do that? I have no idea. I don't know. Like I said, I don't see much rotation happening in this. I was a little worried that the first sub didn't come in until the 75th minute. You know, part of me was thinking, we got to save some of these legs. We got to not be gassed going into this Iran game because, you know, if they're gassed, then we're really, we're really in some problems. Uh, there because you know well we only used four subs this game too right and they all came late maybe more evenly spread out uh spaced out and i'm thinking like i don't know how greg's going to handle these substitutions going into iran you would hope by the time you're making a lot of those substitutions, you probably have a 2-0 lead up and you're trying to see it out. You don't want to get to the 75th minute down a goal or nil-nil because that's just going to give Iran so much of their power, right? They can get through on a draw. 75th minute, if you're tied nil-nil, they're really going to sit in there and they're probably going to be flinging their bodies at the ball to stop any sort of movement into the box. They're going to be laying out for it because that means so much to Iran to get through from the group. And it's possible for them. So that's something that worries me greatly about this next game, but I'm trying not to focus too much on that. I'm trying to focus on how much fun this game was against England. Uh, I wish I wish we had some of those English fans that have came in here before. Um, would love to see, love to get their takes on what they think because uh, I, I would assume they thought they were going to win. Uh, that's kind of the vibe I've got from anybody. I had to comment on YouTube after we posted the last episode saying we were being too arrogant. I'd only predicted a draw. I think Logan predicted a win, but I'd only predicted a draw, so I, I didn't know how we were being super arrogant about that. And we ended up getting a draw. So it feels good. No doubt. Feels good, but ultimately meaningless. Ultimately meaningless. All it does is take whales out of the the equation. If you had lost this game, Wales would have needed to beat England and have a greater goal differential to get through um, over top of the USA. At this point, USA is just winning in, and it's the it's the easiest you can do because you know you need to win. But we've been in this position before for teams. Mainly, this really reminds me of 2010. Let's rewind to 2010. 2010, we draw with England to start off the World Cup. 
we draw with Slovenia, 2-2. Then we beat Algeria 1-0 in 90-plus minute. That was enough to get us through on five points. And I talked about that World Cup last time we had an episode on Tuesday or Monday. And that's the one that kind of keeps sticking out to me is that that game. Um, because that World Cup, it's very similar. And at that point, I remember going through so many emotions, right? <laughs> I was at work that day. I was working. I was uh, right out of high school. I was working a grocery store job and I had my Blackberry. This was before like, that was like a year after iPhones came out. So not everybody had them. I have an iPhone now, but I had a Blackberry and that was my first phone that had like internet for me to check scores and everything. And I just remember stocking toilet paper, those single rolls of toilet paper in the aisle at my grocery store. And I had put my phone on the shelf and would casually just keep refreshing, refreshing as I'm stocking these, as I'm stocking these, uh, these toilet papers. And as I'm stocking it, I'm like, well, that's it. It's 90 plus minutes right now. I don't think we're going to score. That's it. And then I get the text from my dad who's watching at his hotel room in Las Vegas. And I'm then getting the update on my phone of, one nothing Donovan. I was like, what is, what is going on? And that Algeria game meant so much. And again, it was one of those things where you're like, maybe we shouldn't have left it till the last minute. Maybe we shouldn't have scored in the 90 plus to seal it. We had tons of chances and you hope it's not going to be that close against Iran. You don't want it to be 90 plus minutes score. I'll take it anyway, whatever gets us through. But at that point, you're like, man, we're really playing with a fine line of what's going to get us through. And I think this team is, you know, obviously this team's way better than the 2010 team on talent. But they're still young. But they played a hell of a game today. And if they go out there today like they play, uh, go out there and play against Iran the way that they played today. I think we have a really good shot. We just need that finisher up top. I would recommend starting Sargent again over top of Haji Wright. Like I said at the top of the show, I didn't think Haji Wright gave us too much to really work with, which sucks because he's been having a great year in his uh, Turkey um, at his Turkey club. He's been having a great year scoring tons of goals in 2022. But for us right now, it's at this point of, we need somebody that I think can score more. And I think that'd be Sargent. I wouldn't be shocked if Fiera is the one that starts going into the next game. I just think maybe Greg has that already like, I don't know, sketched out somewhere. I don't know. I don't know how he makes these decisions or anything. I, I saw people overreacting to the lineup today because people were trying to project a lineup based off the result from Iran and Wales and Landon Donovan pointed out, and I think many other players would probably point this out, that the players already know who's going into this game, like who's starting the game, usually by that point, because they have to be told so they can prepare, so they can get ready for it. A lot of coaches don't do like the Klinsman, which I feel like Klinsman 
was known in, in stories that came out with like Philip Lom and, and stuff like that of like not telling anybody until like a couple hours before the game and putting the lineup up. And he would also, you know, put people in so many ridiculous positions. So I think Greg probably had already had their talks with the players of, hey, you're starting. He didn't have enough time, I don't think, to be like, well, actually, we're going to pivot and change our game plan we've been training for the last four days because Iran happened to beat Wales. So that's where I'm kind of leaning on how this is going to shake out for uh, the Iran game. Anything else to really talk about with this with this match? I mean, England was quiet. Kane was mostly quiet. He had like two chances that I can really think of. The save by Zimmerman and the wide header in stoppage time. Maguire played surprisingly well for them. I think he's somebody that really gets up for England compared to the Manchester United. Hmm. Uh, just let me check some of these stats again and look at some of these. But again, we had more shots, more corners. It really felt dominant at times, just like that first half against Wales. But just the lack of finishing is what is really killing us, I think. Um, G- uh, that, and also that free kick at the end. Just put that in the box and see if anybody can get there and, and head it in. I think that was something that annoyed me the most. is Because as soon as it went out for the throw and Reina picks it up, they start blowing the whistle. And you waste it, your, your set piece. Um, like I said, Pulisic was getting much better at whipping the ball in as the game went on, on corners. And sometimes we had runners there and sometimes we didn't. And and that was a frustrating thing when it came to uh, corners and, and crossing the ball in. Yeah. Any other players sticking out to me? I, I mentioned how good Adams was. McKenney was very well, was very good. Wayo was kind of quiet. He had some good buildups at times. Reem was, I, I, I really liked how Reem did. He got to a lot of headers in the box. Clear those out. Pulisic grew into the game. Yeah, I mean, not, not really much more to say. Like I said before, Shaq Moore is really when I felt like the quality kind of dropped with Shaq Moore, which sucks because I, I do like Moore a lot. But he, you know, gave the ball away, had to make a bad tackle for a free kick. He tried to forcing some of these passes through the same way Zimmerman was. And that was kind of a weakness that we had was sometimes trying to force that ball through. And you know, uh, getting them onto a counterattack. Uh, but we usually close down those ca- counterattacks pretty well. Matt Turner played really well. <laughs> they have him as man of the match on our FOP mob here. I probably would not disagree. But yeah, uh, USA third place in their group. It's a must win against Iran the next time that we play. 
let's see. Uh, I know we should have Logan back on Tuesday, which is huge. Um, I can only ramble for so long by myself, I think. But uh, we'll have Logan back for, for Tuesday, probably a live stream after the Tuesday result, probably closer to like the 6.30 time frame like we did uh, Monday because uh, of work and uh, Logan having work and then having to drive home. I will be off in that afternoon. So I'll watch the game and then I'll get stuff set up for the live stream against um, for the Iran game. And depending on how that goes, it's going to be a fun affair or it's going to be miserable. <laughs> We're either going to be calling for people's heads or celebrating and looking ahead to the round of 16, which um, if we finish second, in the table. I believe we face a a1, right? And group A1 right now is Netherlands. But Netherlands and Ecuador are tied with 4 points each. They both have the same amount of goal differential. It's going to come down to the wire there, I think, for um if we're going to face Netherlands or Ecuador, if we make it through this group. All right, let's kind of look ahead to the rest of the games that are coming up this weekend and the games that have passed. We already mentioned Iran beat Wales with two goals in stoppage time. Uh, I didn't wake up for the, for the game. I turned it on and saw that Wales was down a man due to Wayne Hennessy's red card, thanks to VAR. And then I'm watching it on my phone. It's like almost 7 a.m. I'm watching on my phone and see the goal go in for Iran. I was rooting for nil-nil score, a scoreless draw for Iran and, and Wales. So when that went through, I was like, ah, crap. And then when they scored another one, I was like, even more crap. But really, it was the second best that we could hope for, Iran winning. The power is squarely in our hands. So that's as much as you can hope for, really. The other games that have happened since we last spoke. Let's see. We last spoke on Monday, right? So let's see how that went. Okay. So Tuesday, we had Saudi Arabia beating Argentina 2-1. to one. That was a big upset. That was pretty huge. And I remember everybody being upset with USA drawing against Saudi Arabia. Good thing we didn't lose to them. Mexico held Poland to a draw. Uh, they'd given up a penalty to Lewandowski, and Ochoa saved it. That was a good result for Mexico, even though they probably looked the better team. Denmark and Tunisia played to a nil-nil draw, and then France battered Australia 4-1 to after giving up an early goal to Australia. On Wednesday, Morocco and Croatia played to a nil-nil draw. Japan surprised Germany 2-1. Two late goals for Japan. Spain wrecked our CONCACAF brothers of Costa Rica 7-0. And Belgium beat Canada 1-0. And that was kind of surprising because Canada was playing so well. They were playing really well. And they had the same problem we have. They couldn't score. Thanksgiving. We had Switzerland beat Cameroon 1-0. Uruguay and South Korea played to a 0-0 draw. Portugal and Ghana played to a 3-2 win for Portugal, and Brazil beat Serbia 2-0. And today, like I said, Iran 
beat Wales 2-0. Senegal beat Qatar 3-1. Excuse me. Netherlands drew with Ecuador 1-1. And England and USA played till a no-no draw today. Nil-nil draw. So where does that leave the standings for all of the groups? Well, Netherlands and Ecuador are tied for four. Like I said, Senegal is in third place with three points, and Qatar is already eliminated. They're the first team to be eliminated with a negative four goal differential and zero points. Group B, England sits uh, first with two, uh, two matches played, four points. Iran, two matches played, three points. USA, two matches played, two points. And Wales in fourth with the one point and negative two goal differential. Group C. Saudi Arabia leads Group C three points. Poland in second with one point. Mexico in third with one point. Argentina at bottom with zero points. Group D, France has three points. They sit first. Tunisia and Denmark sit second and third with one point each, and Australia fourth with zero points. Group E, Spain sits top of the group with a seven goal differential and three points. Japan sits second with three points. Germany in third with zero. Costa Rica in fourth with zero points and negative seven goal differential. Group F, Belgium, Leads the group with three points. Croatia in second with one. Morocco in third with one. Canada in fourth with zero. All of that is still really up to grab, up for grabs there. Group G, Brazil and Switzerland top the group with three points. Cameroon, Serbia in third and fourth with zero points. And Group H, Portugal lead with three points. South Korea and Uruguay with one point each. And Ghana in fourth with zero points all right so where does it lead us for going into the weekend going into the weekend we have matches starting tomorrow at 5 a.m tunisia versus australia australia would be hoping to get three points there to get the ship righted but tunisia played really well against denmark and they'll be looking for three points as well. Poland, Saudi Arabia, and 8 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow is France and Denmark. And then the biggest game, I think, of the day, especially for CONCACAF here, is Argentina-Mexico tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mexico are probably going to be a little scared of Argentina having to... (laughs) that Argentina probably wants to take the frustration out on somebody after that 2-1 loss to Saudi Arabia with three offside goals for Argentina. Argentina's probably looking to batter Mexico. I don't think they will. I think it'll still be a relatively close game. Um, And it's there for the taking for Mexico. If they can, if they can get it going, they had a draw. They can, they can get four points here, get a win and move to four points in the group Sunday, Japan and Costa Rica at 5 a.m. Uh, at 8 a.m. is Belgium, Morocco. Group F, more CONCACAF, Croatia versus Canada. And then Group E at 2 o'clock, Spain, Germany. Good matchup. Monday, Cameroon and Serbia at 5 a.m. 
South Korea and Ghana at 8 a.m. Uh, Brazil, Switzerland at 11, and Portugal, Uruguay at 2 o'clock. And of course, Tuesday, the next time we record, Ecuador, Senegal at 10 o'clock, with Netherlands, Qatar at 10 o'clock. Then at 2 o'clock, Iran and USA, and Wales and England. And again, that's because the results can have different effects. That They play both of those last group stage games at the same time, which is why... There's no 5 a.m. game, just 10 and 2, four games, two at each time slot. Make sure you get the two screens ready to go. And like I said, we will have Logan and myself here Tuesday, probably around 6.30, going live to either commend the team for getting to the round of 16 or really reevaluating what the next step is for this USA team. All right, I think that'll about wrap uh, wrap us up. If you have any comments or questions for us going into the next game, you can leave those on the YouTube video. You can email us, statesidesoccershow at gmail.com. Did I say that right? I think so. I think that's the only one that's different. No, it is statesidesoccershow at gmail.com. My bad. Uh, Twitter, statesidesoccershow. Instagram stateside show, facebook.com slash stateside show. And that is where you can reach us on all of those socials. Thanks for everyone who came out to watch. And I hope that everyone has a great rest of their holiday four day weekend. If you have a four day weekend, I do. Enjoy Argentina, Mexico tomorrow. We got Croatia, Canada. Coming up on, what, Sunday? Some really good matches coming up for uh, the rest of these CONCACAF nations. Costa Rica is kind of already eliminated, unfortunately, with their seven-goal differential. That will be tough for them to overcome. Thank you all for coming out. We'll be here Tuesday talking Iran-USA. And just enjoy it. Just enjoy that we're back in the World Cup for the first time since 2014. And the next time we play uh, a World Cup group stage after Tuesday, we will be here in the U.S. of A 2026. So let's make it a celebration. Let's go out there and win against Iran, move on to the round of 16, and see how far we can get against those group A teams. But thanks for watching. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and we'll catch you Tuesday. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.